Hello, you're listening to Linguistically Aware, a spoken word podcast about the ways we use, understand, and think about language. In this episode, we depart from the usual and the common, and we did not invite any guests. Instead, we will listen to a little bit of music, and we will talk about some common misconceptions when it comes to language use and common misconceptions that appear in everyday life. I think that there are certain misunderstandings when it comes to what we do as linguists. There, is, there's, there are also certain misunderstandings when it comes to terminologies. And there are common misconceptions, just like in every in everyday life, in every, in every science, basically. This is CJSW 90.9 FM broadcasting on the traditional territories of all the people who made their homes in the Treaty 7 of Southern Alberta.
first common misconception comes from an acquaintance of mine, actually, who told me that it's very important to not have PhDs in subject matters such as linguistics. So he told me that linguistics is not an advanced science and that we should not have doctoral studies in this field. Well, I understand that there are certain fields that do not have doctoral studies, and uh, I think they should, actually. Uh, all of the fields that, are, that offer master's degrees should have doctoral studies as well. But I also do th think that linguistics should definitely have PhDs, because without PhDs, we wouldn't push the science forward. And the science of language is one of the most important sciences that there is, because Language is the window into the brain structure. Language is a window into, the, into our thought. Language connects people, and um, we use it every day. It's a part of our everyday life. So it's very important to know more about language and how it works. Uh, there was a research uh, that was published last year, I believe, in which scientists wanted to translate our thoughts or the thoughts of the participants to the waveform. So they wanted to see whether inserting the electrodes on the brain directly can um, generate some kind of waveform, some kind of speech. What they did was um, insert the electrodes on the on patients' brains. These patients were in the post-surgical period, so their brains, uh, their scalps were open and uh, the brains were uncovered. So uh, they inserted the electrodes on the brains and we know that brain uh, it does not have receptors for pain, so it does not feel pain. Uh, the, the electrodes were put onto the Broca's area and this area is responsible for the language production. So they asked the participants to think about the sentences that were found in front of them without actually saying them out loud. They wanted to see whether the electrodes would translate this into the waveform that has the characteristics of the sentence itself. And they wanted to see how well this matches the, their production of the actual sentence. So the findings were actually quite good. The waveform resembled some part of the speech, but linguists know that this was not speech uh, in reality because it does not have all the characteristics of speech. However, it is one step forward towards this kind of research. And this is what actually pushes the science forward. Without PhDs, you would not have uh, such, such um, research. And without PhDs in linguistics, you would not have research that pushes this kind of science forward. So we believe that it is essential to do. Um, we believe that it is essential to dedicate time to uh, one field and one topic in order to be able to um, contribute to this world. There are also a lot of PhDs that are not as uh, invasive as this one, and and a lot of as this study was, and a lot of. PhDs that do not do this kind of um, manipulation with technology, but it's but they're as relevant as this one because they're studying the structure of language, the structure of sounds, the structure of melodies, the structure 
of um, uh, 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 of the meaning of the sounds, of the meaning of the words, and so on and so forth. And these are essential for explaining what is going on in languages. An example of this is uh, are the languages actually that are understudied and are slowly um, waning, to, uh, to, so to say, uh, slowly dying off. And these languages are the indigenous languages that provide an insight into the world that we have no idea about because our world is um, a bit Anglo-centric, a bit European-centric. And the sentence structure reflects this. What the indigenous languages or, or understudied languages tell us is that they're completely different views of the world in order to study this you need time you need something that is very valuable in this capitalistic world and that is time time is what we need and time is given by doing phds of course i would mention a very popular example and that is from the movie arrival you've seen you've probably seen this movie this is a brilliant brilliant movie by one of the greatest uh, directors today. And this in this movie, they hired a linguist who has a PhD, of course, in linguistics, and who worked with her team on structuring a language, right? Structuring the language for aliens, for the species who is not from this, or who's out of this world, right? Um, that was very difficult because... You have to start with somewhere, but um, uh, without her, they wouldn't be able to to do this. I'm not saying that every single movie and every single TV show has to have a, P, a linguist who has a PhD in linguistics. For example, for example, David Peterson, who um, created brilliantly the Thraki and Valyrian languages, is. He does not have PhD in linguistics, but he's a brilliant uh, linguist because he does a lot of work in linguistics. And he could easily, if he had time, of course, start a PhD in linguistics because uh, um, because of his work and what he does. And I've seen it. I've seen him uh, do some amazing, amazing work on the sound structures and sound patterns of invented languages and so on. So he teaches how you can create a language and how you can construct a language. We talked about this with uh, my friend Joy Windsor in the second episode. Uh, you, you could listen to, to that one. But it's very important to acknowledge those people who do work on, on languages. And I, as I said, it's uh, pushing science forward. It's not just for fun, but it's also for scientific purposes. Um, there are so many reasons why we should have PhD in, in, PhDs in linguistics, but I'll leave it here and move on to the next misunderstanding or misconception. Hold it up, you full of something, but it ain't love. And 
straight overdue. Go find somebody new. You can buy me diamond earrings and na 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 na. But I smell her on your collar, so ba 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 ba. I know you lie, 'cause your lips are moving. Tell me, do you think I'm dumb? I might be young, but I ain't stupid. Talk you out of circles with your tongue. I gave you bass, you gave me sweet talk. Saying I'm your number one, but I know you lie, 'cause your lips are moving. Baby, don't you know I'm dumb? Hey, if your lips are moving, if your lips are moving, if your lips are moving, then you're la la la. Hey, if your lips are moving, if your lips are moving, if your lips are moving, then you're la la la. Hey, baby, don't you bring them tears, 'cause it's too late, too late, babe. Oh, you only love me when you're here. You're so two-faced, two-faced, babe. Oh, you can buy me diamond earrings and na 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 na. Yes, you can. Put a smell on your collar, so ba 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 ba. I know you lie, 'cause your lips are moving. Tell me, do you think I'm dumb? I might be young, but I ain't stupid. Talk you out of circles with your tongue. I gave you bass, you gave me sweet talk. Saying I'm your number one, but I know you lie, 'cause your lips are moving. Baby, don't you know I'm dumb? Come on, say it. Your lips are moving, hey hey. Your lips are moving, hey hey. Your lips are moving, and you la la la. Your lips are moving. All right now, your lips are moving. I wanna hear y'all sing it with me. Your lips are moving. Here we go. I know you lie, 'cause your lips are moving. Tell me, do you think I'm dumb? I might be young, but I ain't stupid. Talk you round in circles with your tongue. I gave you bass, you gave me sweet talk. Saying I'm your number one, but I know you lie, 'cause your lips are moving. Baby, don't you know I'm dumb? A very common misconception is that certain languages are more difficult to learn than other languages. Well, this might be true for some people.、Uh, there is,、uh, there are no languages that are harder or that are easier to learn. There are just aspects of languages that we can、uh, master more quickly or slowly, be- depending on the language that we speak as our first language. So, for example,、uh, I often hear this, and even in in、uh, shows. Uh, on TVs that, that which are really popular, we often hear that Mandarin is more difficult to master than some other languages. Well, this is true if you are a speaker of English and you want to master German and you want to master Mandarin.、Uh, but if you're a speaker of、uh, Cantonese, let's say,、uh, then Mandarin would be easier for you, right? This might be because we are not exposed to these languages as much as we are exposed to、um, English or German or French, for example, especially in Canada.、Um, but there is no such thing as one language is more difficult to master、uh, from the other, and there are, there are no 
better or worse languages. All languages are equal, and this is what makes linguistics the most humanistic science of all sciences. So I know that, for example, the language that I speak, many people can speak this language very well. In fact, foreigners can learn it very well and very easily, uh, but they have a lot of problems with what we call the melody of the language and what we call the case system of the language. So, for example, in one of my research, I found out that Mandarin speakers were better in listening to the melodic structure of my language, of Serbian language, than English speakers. They were better than Farsi speakers. Why is that so? If Mandarin is so different from my language, from Serbian, uh, which is Indo-European language, and Farsi is also Indo-European, English is also Indo-European, but Mandarin is Sino-Tibetan language. This is because Mandarin speakers often, very often use tones, and tones are helping them discerning the patterns of melody in my language. Unlike English speakers, they use tones on almost every syllable, or at least once per word, and this is helping them discern these patterns. Well, English speakers could be better at, um, let's say, perceiving certain sounds in Serbian. Mandarin speakers are better at perceiving the melodic structure. In the same vein, there are so many research papers that talk about difficulty of listening to or perceiving some aspects of a non-native language. For example, French speakers are notable for uh, their inability to perceive some stress contrasts in Spanish. For example, Spanish might have uh, stress contrasts such as uh, bebe, bebe, or celebre, celebre, and so on. While English speakers can easily perceive these contrasts, French speakers might not. And that is because French does not have this kind of stress in their own language. So our first language determines how we are going to perceive and produce the language that we hear, or a non-native language. And there are no, in this sense, easier or more difficult languages to learn or master. There is something that we call motivation, dedication, um, emotions that you have towards language and so on and so forth that help you um, understand and learn language. It's not about a specific language, but it's about other contributors to your mastering a language. This is a common misconception that everybody has, but I hope after this that you will take on some more complicated language, quote-unquote complicated, and that you will start studying and looking into the languages of the world. And there are so many, approximately 7,000 languages. For example, a language that you might want to master is uh, brilliant and beautiful is Osa language. Osa language is a a language spoken in South Africa. And this language has so many what we call click sounds, such as oh, oh, oh. 
for many people, these click sounds are not even uh, parts of parts of speech, but they are an essential part of the sound structure of OSA language. Uh, what what this means is they are analogous to uh, phonemes in English. For example, pho- English has phonemes such as b, such as p, such as m, and so on. OSA language has clicks as well. Uh, alongside other phonemes. So this is an essential part of their language, which we often perceive as some noise. Um, This is because we're not really exposed to this language. So I'm going to play to you a beautiful song by Miriam Makeba, a traditional song of Osa people sung at weddings, I believe. And this song was translated by European colonials as the click song because they could not pronounce it. Well, listen to this uh, beautiful song and think about this nice language. In my native village in Johannesburg, there is a song that we always sing when a young girl gets married. It's called the click song by the English because they cannot say Ongotwane. conception or misunderstanding about language is that there are accents that should be reduced. Uh, the accent reduction is such a wrong uh, idea, such a wrong phenomenon that it should be stressed all the time that we all speak with an accent, that I have a Serbian accent, that you have an English accent. 
that some French speakers have French accent, that Mandarin speakers have Mandarin accent, and so on and so forth. We all speak in a certain way. And I will let you listen to what Dr. Mary O'Brien said to me two months ago on the accents when she debunked this myth of not having an accent or not speaking with an accent. It's so wrong to have this uh, preconception because accents are a part of language and everyday life, everyday communication. We should not reduce them. We should make sure to be intelligible, comprehensible, so that people could understand us. But otherwise, we should not deny the existence of accents. Yeah, I mean, I guess the most important thing to remember about an accent is that every single one of us speaks with an accent, right? We're from a certain place. So, you know, especially when I go back home to listen to my family, you know, I say, whoa, I haven't been in this place for a really long time. And I notice one of the, the really salient features of speech there, it's from the American Midwest, is that they say, yeah. Right. So that's just something that you notice right away. So even though I grew up speaking English, I have an accent of variety. We usually call those dialects, right? Dialectal pronunciation. So that's a starting point. So it makes sense. You know, we've grown up speaking one language for our entire lives. Let's say we start learning another language when we're in high school. That happens all the time here in Canada. So we're at the age of 13 and we've grown really good at speaking our first language. Our pronunciation is, you know, it's, it's a native speaker's pronunciation. So then we add a second language on top of that. And it only makes sense that our pronunciation, which we've been working on for all of these years, is going to be influenced by that of our first language. And we call that a foreign accent. So it's completely normal to speak with a foreign accent. And in fact, research has shown that learning a second language after about the age of three, most of the time results in a foreign accent. And so, you know, just to to come from the understanding that it's normal, it's not an illness, that people who speak with a foreign accent are just as smart, just as friendly, just as likable as anyone else, I think is a really important starting point, right? So it's normal. And then on top of that, we're not going to get rid of accents, right? So engaging students in accent reduction courses, first of all, makes them think that they can get rid of their accent. Perhaps more importantly, or more detrimentally, it also tells them that how they speak is is not okay, right? That they should be aiming for something that's unattainable. So what we like to say instead is that we work to encourage more comprehensible speech, speech that can be understood. So whereas we're probably not going to get rid of those accents, there's a lot that we can do to make speech more comprehensible. This playlist has been borrowed from All Things Linguistic. All Things Linguistic is a beautiful website on linguistics where you can learn more about the subject matter and where you can uh, listen to wonderful podcasts by some great linguists. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. We debunked a couple of myths and misconceptions about language use. 
we linguists do this and it's very important to emphasize the work that linguists do because it's quite humanistic it's quite open-minded if you want to find out more about linguists based in calgary visit calgarylinguistics.ca if you want to find out more about this podcast go to cgsw 90.9 fm radio station and make sure to visit the spoken word find linguistically aware and enjoy our podcasts my name is dusha nikolic i'm a phd student in linguistics and i'm proud of that have a great day and stay with us you know you're on the right place